Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Happy Throwback Thursday. It's that time of the week again. Oh my gosh, Kevin, you just literally jumped off the charts there sound-wise. I know, well, we don't, sometimes we haven't done these in a while, so I get a little excited. I know you do. Are you just doing Uh, sound check right now still? Or did we start for real? Well, it could be whatever you want at this point. <laughs> no, I feel it like it could be whatever you want. We have to at this keep point. it in for the comedic value. Well, let's talk about comic time. Kevin got very angry because before we went on the air, I gave Kevin a note. I may have gotten a little defensive, and Kevin doesn't take notes. And I'm all sorry. That well. No, I do. As an actor, I do. <laughs> Rob said that sometimes in the last couple episodes um, of my favorite things, I cut in and out sometimes, I've, and I should know this, but I actually don't listen to my favorite things. I <laughs> and so I was like, "What are you talking about?" And Rob was like, "Well, maybe if you didn't play with the cord while you're talking," and I. I was like, I don't play with the cord, Rob. Kevin, it's not, a, it's think- not, it's not a bad thing. But Kevin is sort of like Judy Garland, because like <laughs> he'll he'll sit on my sofa cross legged, and we've got this really long mic cable, and he sits there. And when I'm droning on and on about like or doing some impersonation, yeah, when I'm doing like some impersonation, Kevin looks at the cord and goes, "Can I make this a noose for myself?" No. <laughs> so he pulls the cord a lot. I'm still not convinced. I'm not even touching the microphone now. Well, you, yeah, you, Kevin, it's not a criticism. <laughs> you just have a tendency to fidget sometimes. I am a fidgeter. My mom used to say to me, "Kevin, sit on your." But like I didn't want to say anything. But the last interview we did, you 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 take the mic stand and I play with it. Yeah, but when you when you tap it like this, I know you actually the mic shakes. during an interview. Um, Rob actually like tapped my hands and said was like, "Stop it, Kevin." I didn't stop say stop playing. it. I was you just did with your eyes, Rob. You did with your eyes. I was just saying to you like there's a little there's going to be a tapping sound for our listeners. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's all. I I have uh, horrible <laughs> tendencies too. Like what? And I want it. Well, you know, nothing really. But I'm pretty perfect. But I'm trying to, you know, make you feel good. Um, no, because Rob. I'm just saying, Kevin. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just. It's. I'm not criticizing your content. I'm just saying, hey, listen. Every once in a while, there's a tendency. We're not going to cut it in and out today. Today, it's going to be full voice all the time. There's luckily, I, I cut out. Luckily, what happens is when you get excited about something, you stop fidgeting. So then that way the sound is okay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, it's not a note. I'm not talking oh, about your content. Rob. I think you're wonderful at what you do. I thank you. Hey, speaking of wonderful, hey. we got to see Grand Hotel this weekend. And it's my favorite thing. What? Is it really? It really is. 
Oh my god! I ha- I know it's not, it's a little on the nose, but I just figured it was such a it was such a revelation to me that and it not it's not like everyone in the city saw it. So I thought this is going to be my favorite thing. So we can start off saying it's my favorite thing, and we saw it. Oh. Rob and I got to see it together, which was really fun going to the, to the theater together. I have to yes. say it was a nice day. It out. was a really fun day. We went to the the Sunday matinee. But before the Sunday matinee, we had brunch. Yes. We went to Bar Bacon. We did. One of our favorite places, or at least it's Rob's favorite place. I've it, never been before. And what it, did you I think? I had a great time. I, um, I have to say that when, I, I, my, when my cocktail came and the bacon was actually in the Manhattan, um, I, at that point I thought, okay, I've had enough bacon. I'm good. I'm, I don't need, I don't know. I can, I've had bacon enough bacon, like you can have enough oxygen. I actually did not eat, finish it. I was, what? I know. You didn't, but, that, but that's I had the bacon in the, uh, whoa, whoa, the whoa, sandwich. Whoa. The bacon the, we had the bacon, um, <laughs> the poo poo patter of bacon, the tasting menu bacon. We got a bacon sampler. <laughs> it was four different types of bacon. You got you had quite a day of theater that day because not I only did Rob and I see Grand Hotel, but in the evening, Rob and Robbie Roselle, our friend of the podcast, went to see. Our, our, one me, of our me, former guests. Me and Mr. B starring Anita Gillette. Yes, at the old Birdland. Which, you know what? I had never been to Birdland before. I, I still have yet to go to Birdland. It's a cool space. Yeah? It's a really cool I've space. i to go. It feels very much like a 1940 supper club. Right. I'm assuming. I mean, what, I wasn't there. Back but. when there used to be them, like, all the time. Yes. Like, that was a normal event to go out to the supper club. You know, the store club and right. El Morocco and... Reno's. Reno's Sweeney's. Sweeney. Oh, I think that was a little, like, janky. That's like more of like a, yeah. That's like that's like a a bar, like a closet with a bar. Oh right, and a stage, a little platform for you know. So it's like the duplex Grover Dale to get up there and do his gotcha. thing and do yeah. like a potabure kick. Do a potabure yeah. kick nice. and tip your waiter, <laughs> pass the hat. Um, and which is didn't need to do any of that as well. Pass the hat? No, well, <laughs> oh maybe, but do a little potabure kick ball change. Did she? Uh... Uh, no, she didn't really do a lot of dancing. She pretended to fall asleep during a number. Uh, but that was pretty much the quote. No, no, no. I'm being serious. There's no, no I joke. You were like the no, joke. she sang. I forgot the name of it. I have to ask her what it was. It was this great Irving Berlin song about um, sleeping on the banks of a river. Okay. Like going out fishing on the banks of a river. And it was really charming. I had never True. heard it before. True. Yeah, she did some uh, more obscure Irving Berlin, which was great. And ah, she told great fun. stories about Mr. President. And she was fantastic. I mean, she's she's 80. Is that right? She turned 80, I think, this year, this past year. Wow. Um, and I'm like, God, I, I can't even do that at my age. She was fun. We, we had a really good time interviewing her <laughs> friends. So we went to her apartment and she acted everything out for us. It was great. If she, you want to go back and listen, I forget what number it is, but it's scroll down and find the Anita Gillette interview yeah. because it was a really fun time. She was a real great storyteller. I'm she, sorry I missed her uh, performance. I'm, but you had a rehearsal. Oh, Kevin dropped my bottle. Yeah, I did. I, oh, 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 Ugh, oh sorry. are you okay? I'm good. Um, but we saw Grand Hotel together, and that was really fun. It was amazing. It was beautiful. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna go on record. I think this was the best encores I've ever seen. Really? It was done at Encores this past weekend. Um, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. We were captivated. We were we had beautiful seats right in the orchestra. It was really fun. We saw, uh, we saw Fravor. We saw. Fun. Oh my God! Yeah, we got to see. It's actually this is speaking of past interviews. Yeah, w- we had. A, I think we had a couple of pinch me moments that day. I looked at Rob and I was like, Rob, we we like know people. <laughs> I got it, so excited the fact that we actually knew people. I think it's kind of cool that you know a few years ago, uh, you know, you'd sit in the theater and you would you would point and you go, Oh my God, I know that person. I know that person. Like not just know them from face recognition, not know them personally, but know their right. work. And now we point to those people and go, We know them, and they come over and say hello to us. Right. It was a 
little. No, I'm sorry, but when Mark Sendroff came over to you and was started talking about Steve Lawrence and how he had dinner with him last night, and it was, I was like, this is really the conversation you guys are going to have. You're going to do. That's just amazing. business, man. Business. Yeah, I love and, it. Oh, and the wonderful but graphic designer, it, yes, Frank uh, Verlizzo, but better known as Fravor. Yeah, um, who was one of our first interviews that we had um he is amazing we um, had such a good time and that was a very popular interview because he, he was a little outside of the realm of where we yeah. usually go but it was he talked about great stuff and if you haven't listened to the episode he's the guy who designed the poster for the lion king mm-hmm. and the poster for death trap sweeney todd and sweeney the todd, original the yeah. original um he's consistently working anyway very exciting news though um in may he's publishing a book of his posters with uh, commentary on uh, how he came to each design. What a great... I can't believe he hasn't ever put anything out. No. Out I mean, yet. that work, though, was incredible. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk oh, yeah, to we'll, him again. That'll be a favorite thing at some at point. At some point. Yeah, so anyway, no but, Grand, but Grand Hotel, Kevin and I got to see Grand Hotel. I, I Like I was saying before, I'm going to go on record. I think it was the best encores I've ever seen. It was, I think, brilliantly directed and choreographed by Josh Rhodes, who, if you don't know his name now, just wait a couple we're of gonna years. We're going to see a lot more of him. I remember seeing Bright Star, and of course I love oh, Bright It has a very special place in my his heart. His work on Bright Star was fabulous. The, the, the movement in that, the, the, uh, and that I opening? don't even call it choreography, yes. it was. It's musical staging. It's this mm-hmm. thing where it's like, you can't just, it's not just like, alright, do a pot de bourree, step kick, you know, it, it, it's, it's more than that. It's people moving, but in a great in that platform set that moved around and it was it was yeah. so seamless and beautiful and you could see that exact same work in a different way but for this grand hotel and yet you know Tommy Toon is so inextricably you know woven into that framework I mean it's Tommy Toon the way it's it's song scene dialogue and the music doesn't ever stop it and yet Josh took that and like elevated it even to another level I feel like now I had not seen the original so I can't say but I, I just I thought it was contemporary and beautiful I think it did what encores is supposed to do which is remind you of these great pieces that are forgotten by time um, that have merit to them and I think this one proved it's got a lot of merit don't be surprised if we find out that it's going to move to Studio uh, 54 at some point. Right? Well, it, it feels like that's the perfect space for and it. And it ran for like a two or two and a half years. It was When it, it first a, came out, yeah. Yeah, and it was like one of the first shows since Big River to run like a thousand performances. Because, you know, yeah. it, it, was, it, was yeah. a, it was a dying time, some say, in the 80s for our yeah. business. And for so this old throwback, and there's a feeling of it being a throwback uh, in style and sound. And yet... It is it, to me. It is a contemporary feeling uh, musical. I mean, it, it's it 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 and and that's so that's why it's a favorite thing. I want to talk about the history of it because oh, I was amazing. I was completely blown away, and I've known it's been on my list of shows to listen to. And then when we got the tickets, I thought, all right, it's time. It's you know, it's been ten years, Kevin. I need to finally listen to this show that oh, I so I know I've I've known I've always wanted to like. I've known like a couple of the Maury Eston songs, but I didn't know the full score. Did Did you listen before we went? Oh yeah, did you, I oh, you did a re-listen. A times. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I really wanted to get myself familiar with the score, and yeah. I knew like the love can't happen, of course, because I love David Carroll. Love um, can't you know, it's so epic. It's such great singing. But there was such... I mean, this is a show that had a very dramatic history. Oh, yes. Um, and oh, so yes. the reason why it has this contemporary and traditional feel is because it was written literally in the 50s originally. Ooh, tell us um, the story, All right, Kat. so here's, here's the story. Um, I first heard about this show because my mentor, as we've talked about on this podcast, is Jack Lee, the great music director who passed away a couple years ago. Um, and he... Um, I learned so much about the business from him when I moved to New York City. And he used to tell me stories 
stories of being with Grand Hotel um, in Boston. Um, at, at in the fifties? Uh, no, no. This is this is in the eighties. But he would tell me that it, th- that's when they came back to mm. this original version and tried to uh, make it work again. I'll, I'm going to rewind now from there and go back. So picture it. 50s, yeah, exactly. 1957-58, um, you've got this writing team and directing team and leading lady um, of you, Edwin Lester, who, you know, obviously was the, the great impresario of the West Coast who did, brought us, he was the producer who brought us Kismet and Timbuktu and stuff like that. And he's sort of bridging the gap between operetta and mu- American musical theater. And so some of, you know, for every Kismet, there is a Zenda. So not every show was a big hit. Yes, I just For every Zenda. Kismet, there is a Zenda. That's right. That's, that's the quote of this day. But it's true. You know, and we talked about Zenda and we've talked about the Alfred Drake, Cheetah Rivera hit show. Zenda, but but Kismet was a hit show, and it, you know directed by and, and I hate pronouncing names wrong, and please forgive me, but Albert Marr Mayer Marr. I I think it's Marr, but I could be. Totally and then his wrong. wife is Joan Diener or Diner. I think it's D I E N E R. No D I E N R. D E I. Oh, I got it wrong. N E R. Diner. Diener. No, Diener. You listeners, forgive me, because it's it's my pet peeve when people pronounce things wrong, and I'm probably doing it right now, well, so forgive me. Forgive me. Mar- Marion Seldes, I, I called her Marianne Seldes on oh, last yeah. podcast. Well, I used to call Robert Morris, and it's Robert Morse, so there we go. What would you call him, Robert Remember Morris? Remember when we first started? I was like, Robert Morris, and someone on the line was like, Kevin, it's Morris, not Morris. <laughs> oh, you like M-O-R-R-I-S. I misspoke it early on. But oh, now, So now I'm now I'm like, is it Diener, Diner, Dooner? I don't know, but it, I love her. She's a great voice, and she was Aldonza. So you have... Just call her Aldonza. Al, I am. Okay. Uh, so Kiss Me Kate was it? Oh, no, sorry. Kismet. You know why it was a critical hit? Do you know this story? No, tell me. Um... There was a newspaper strike when it opened, mm. and they said had the n- critics actually reviewed it, they would have been like, this is a piece of crap. <laughs> but the audience didn't have the... Because a lot of times, the audience would love it. The reviews would come out saying it was awful, and then the audience the next day would all of a sudden hate it. And it had a lot of... Um, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, a lot of um, word of mouth from uh, television and radio appearances. Oh, okay. But uh, there, was no, um, there was no press to say that it Kismet was bad. Well, not, not one so, of my favorites. So it was. I, I actually do like the score, but uh, I've never seen the movie. But um, it, it's oh. but they, Kismet was a hit at the time. So this same team, uh, as was their want, was like, all right, let's let's do another thing. So they wrote a show, um, which was loosely based on the 1929 novel by uh, Vicky Baub, um, which is about this hotel, this grand hotel. Um, in Berlin, 1920s, 1928 to be exact, and it's just about a day in the life of this ho- this the fanciest hotel in this town, um, where there was much sort of not richness all around, but the hotel is the place where all the the top one percent go to hang out. People well, come. Exactly. Oh, there we go. Thanks, Rob. You'd be great as the doctor that that, oh, that opens and closes. He doesn't have it. to sing, really. Not really. It'd be nice. Uh, he could be. He could give like a rubber goulet kind of. Um, all right. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> Kevin literally <laughs> saw me getting into a character for Robert Goulet, and he literally <laughs> jumped onto his next statement. How dare you? The musical was called in 1958. Uh, by the way, it was by this uh, the same songwriting team. Although Forrest and Wright uh, for Kismet, they adapted the themes. Of of Borodin and uh, classical composers, and then then they will adapt the themes and then make that into a musical. Well, they actually composed the songs for At the Grand, uh, this retelling of the original book and movie, the MGM Grand movie that we know from 1932 with um, Greta Garbo, John Barrymore, um, Crawford. Um, so, but the difference was 
for this original enactment in the 50s, they changed it. They, they decided Luther Davis, who was the book writer, um, they, they did not put it in Berlin. They made the lead ballerina a fading opera singer so that Joan Diener Diner could... Uh, <laughs> could um, could sing in it could be the lead because the Albert Mayer's wife needed to part so they changed that they cut like the bad guy you know the businessman they cut that whole Pricing. thing yeah there were like two like two bumbling criminals of course because you have to have the comedic criminal number of course it's a you know they added, they just changed a lot of the original so it almost didn't even recognize the original um, material that it was sourced on uh, and so audience, it, it played out of town and San Francisco the L A San Francisco circuit that Edward Lester had and it and didn't start Paul Muni. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't do well. It, it was not, it was, it just, they couldn't find what it was. And it, and because it lost what it was, it mm-hmm. wasn't, and it, it was, didn't it transfer to New York and they thought it might, but it didn't. And then uh, it faded away and they, they moved on to other things. So three decades later, three decades later, um, the writers come back together and Forrest and Wright and Davis, we're going to say, let's, let's see if we can get this off the ground again. This time, Tommy Toon is involved. The great, great, great Tommy Toon, who has uh, just gotten done with a couple years earlier with Nine, and that was a big, big yeah. hit. So, so you've got Tommy Toon doing his Tommy Toon thing, and they decided to put the focus back on the original book. Bring the characters back. Make every no more opera singer. Get back to the what it was about. A day in the life of this hotel, uh, and and how these seven random stories, much like uh, you've seen movies where this happens, like Traffic, I want to say, or, or is it called Traffic? Yeah, where these yeah. seven random stories that, that are in, not connected at all, and then on one fateful day they all connect. Everyone's lives are changed, and then they all go back out again. And for me, this this show really is about. Uh, Humanity and and what it's just life really mm. uh, in mm. a little capsule of time and I just love how they constructed this this retelling three decades later. Um, so yeah, Tommy Toon has his Tommy Toon style of having dialogue, music, song, dance. It's all interwoven into a hour and what fifty minute yeah. one act one act show, which I didn't know. I I thought it was like this big three hour long musical. Nope, it's just like a day in the life of. Uh, and so yeah, we. we they're out of town in Boston, Colonial Theater. This is where Jack Lee comes in because Jack would tell me that they were in this big ballroom at the Ritz Carlton. That's were, their they, rehearsal. Yeah, they were, and they put they put the writers up at the Ritz Carlton, so it was kind of like they were living in the Grand Hotel, and they were in the ballroom putting together this 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 musical, and it wasn't working. And the the original songs, some of them worked. They were tr- they cut other songs, and Tommy Toon realized they need he needed another writer, and so he looked to his last writer, Maury Estin. Um, and as Maury Estin says it, uh, Maury Estin had no idea what he was going. He thought he was just going up to Boston to, t- to take a look at things. Um, and so he, Tommy Toon asks him to come up and take a look. Uh, Peter Stone, the book, the famous book writer uh, and playwright, but uh, he did 1776 and so many other things. He comes up as well now. Um, Tommy Toon gives him a nice suite in the Ritz-Carlton and then says, I want you to, here's a piano in the room, write me some songs. Uh, here are some moments that aren't working. And so uh, Maury Huston pumps out in like 22 days or something like that, mm. pumps out like seven or eight songs, uh, which is incredible. And, and six of them, I think, make it into the show. Mm. Uh, and we, there's, uh, it's like Love Can't Happen, uh, At the Grand, I mean, the, some really great songs. And yet it, the songs 
they all sound, it sounds like one cohesive score. Yeah. They got rid of a couple of the Forrest and Wright songs, but they kept a lot of them. And some of them transitioned into each other. You have mm-hmm. some of the themes. Uh, so it, in, in all in all, it worked. And this is an example of a show going out of town. It's going downhill, not looking so good. And then they actually turn it around. And they actually turn it around and make it into, at the time, it was a hit. It came into New York, uh, did very well. It did not win the Tony Award for Best Musical. That was won by... City, of, City Angels. of Angels. However, this ran three months longer than City of Angels did, mm. which is interesting. Um, and it had it had a. I mean, obviously, we have to talk about my favorite, David Carroll. Oh so special. yes, yes. And it's there was sadness in this story, and in this I, one of the first stories that Jack ever told me was because even back then, uh, you know, in two thousand two, when I first came to New York, I was obsessed with David Carroll, uh, and Jack was was so kind to tell me these stories of. Of of the final moments of David. who was the lead? David who was, was the lead. The lead. He yeah. was the Baron. Who was the in in the in this in this the plot roughly is yes in a day in the life of this really fancy hotel. But you get all kinds of people coming to this hotel for opportunity, for success, for not success. The Baron is a Baron who um, who doesn't have any money, and like the doctor who sort of opens it, this you know old veteran who's giving himself morphine and just sits in the lobby all day long. He says, "People come, people go, nothing ever changes." Which you, you can know. now see at the Hotel Carter on Forty Third Stop and it. or the Equity Lounge. Um, so uh, <laughs> sorry, that's not funny. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but y- y- so you have these characters like the Baron, who's who has no money, so there's nothing worse than a, a penniless uh, Baron. You have a, a faded prima ballerina who can't go on stage anymore. You have a, a businessman who's a sort of a bad guy, a Trump Trumpian sort of businessman. You've got so all different kinds of characters that intertwine uh, and mix. Uh, and David Carroll played the Baron. Um, he w- you. You don't have him on the cast recording because he died. We've talked about this before, but for those of you who haven't heard, that he he was um, suffering from complications of AIDS, and he they waited two years to record the cast recording because of just uh, issues with the composers, and because you had two songwriting teams, no no record label really wanted to pick it up because you how are you going to pay for all of this? A lot of it involved money, and finally they did, and they actually had the recording session two weeks early for David because they knew that he wasn't doing so well, so they they came in early two weeks with just the piano so they could lay his voice down, thinking if we get his voice down, then we can layer the orchestra in two weeks later when we call everybody else in. So uh, he's in the recording studio. Um, he says, Jack, and to the, everyone, I got, let me, I got to run to the bathroom real quick. Um, and then he never came back. So they were j- like literally about to record him and it didn't happen. Um, uh, and it's just like, beyond sad. Um, fortunately, on the album, there is a bonus track of him singing at, um, ironically, an, uh, Equity Fights AIDS Benefit 1991. Um, him singing, slaying this song. You can also see a clip of him doing it on YouTube uh, on the Phil Donahue show. Um, and we'll post that. But, um, but and then, so two weeks later, because uh, Carol had already left the show because it's been two years, uh, Brent Barrett, uh, who had yeah. played on tour and then took over, he came in. And, and so this recording, this cast album, when you listen to it, if you, have, if you know on top of it all that the cast came together and sang, knowing two weeks earlier this other guy who they started with had left them. And they, so the cast album is almost an, an honor to mm. him. And that's why I think it's uh, now knowing that context, you can listen to it with all, it's, it's that much more special to, to know that this is the, this is what happened um, to get there. Um, and uh, I never knew what a brilliant piece of writing it ended up being, this, this, this great, p- and having watched it with mm. you on Sunday, to see the staging, not just listening to it, but seeing how 
it all. I want to see a full production. I yeah. don't want it to just be like in concert. I want to see but, a full, a little bit more. I want the orchestra on stage. I love that, and I like the elegance of it. But I want, I want to see more of those transitions. This felt like a full production, though. It did. It did. I, I want did. more. I you wanted want more. more. Want. I like wanted to see like the, the disparity between the servants, the haves, and the have-nots. Mm. You know, the, I, I, I just, I wanted, I wanted to see even more. I wanted, I wanted, I just. You want to go I back to the Grand I, Hotel? I gotta see. I don't want. Yes, I do. I want to go back again, Rob. Yeah. I. I wouldn't be surprised if um, it does make an appearance again. Uh, I hope so. I, I I was rocked by the fact that it. I felt things. <laughs> like the, it wasn't just like, oh, I love these toe tapping songs and this is great. I felt the lives that were changed, and, and and it's a stylized show. You can't just like these are stock characters in yep. many ways, and yet if you breathe humanity into them, you, there are these life less. You know, life isn't easy, and you have to make choices. And the redemption of the Baron, they, it's, there's an allegorical. You know, the yep. Baron dies when he becomes a good man. Spoiler but, alert. Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I didn't know. And then I was like, oh, gosh, this is... De- Otto lives when he... I mean, yeah, it, it's just... It's a beautiful piece about life. I don't know. It, it really struck me, and I was really moved by we it. We don't really see it a lot. So Encores is doing it now, or just did it, um, and Reprise Theater Company in L.A., which is sort of the L.A. equivalent of Encores, uh, it, which was shut down for a number of years and now is open again for business, is doing it as well. So if you're in L.A., you'll have a chance to see it. Is it the same? Um, is it like a sister thing? Or is it like Josh Rhodes' company going over? I mean, is no, it, no, oh, no, no. It's, no. it's, it's, it's a totally production. different, okay. yeah. Wouldn't um, that be cool if they liked? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous about the one in L.A. for reasons I will keep to myself, but that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, it, the Donmar did it a few years ago. I'm glad because for a show that ran for two years on Broadway, I, I am. Su- I have to say, I'm surprised we've never seen in New York a production of it. Um, a couple of, I think, like NYU, I think did a production of yeah. it once. I feel like a community theater out here did it once. It's um, it's a rare. And beast, all, it is, and, and but a good one. Yeah, I just figured. I just thought you would see it more. I I'm surprised. I thought you would mention um, our my favorite thing about Grand Hotel, which is that commercial with the old woman. Are you kidding me? Which is the best commercial in theater so, history? Will you please talk about that? Because we actually recorded our own version of it afterwards. We did. So a- anyway, Grand Hotel was. Um, Oh, it had been running, like Kevin said, for, for about a year or so. And uh, they did a little stunt, ca- not stunt casting, but star casting. And in the role of the fading ballerina was... Sid Charisse. Sid Charisse, the one of the greatest MGM dancers of all time. Yes. And um, this was very popular in the 80s. Uh, the, the idea, and, and in the 70s as well, which would be uh, interviewing audience members as they left a theater to say how much they enjoyed a production, which is where the funny line... No one knows where it comes from is, you know, I loved it, it was better than Cats. Nobody knows where that comes from, but that's sort of the idea and um this camera uh, wh- the, the, the camera is like so into the lady's face the light it, is so bright on her face it's this older woman it's wearing like pointed up i want to say pointed it's pointed up like almost a where you have to take it above yeah no, no, no it's, it's definitely pointed up at her <laughs> do you know what i mean no. she's wearing this uh big eggplant purple parka we have to post it this huge glasses and she's yes. She like Linda Richmond. She Linda, she's like, like Linda, Linda Richmond, Richmond and know, I can't. I, I don't. I don't know her verbatim, but she goes, "I loved it." Sid Charisse is fabulous. The dancing, the singing, the acting, all of it. And the guy who's interviewing her says uh, sarcastically, "So you you didn't like it?" She goes, "I loved it." <laughs> 
And he goes, are you gonna are you gonna see it again? She goes, I'm gonna see it again. And he goes, when? She goes, I don't know. My husband will get tickets. He works in the area. Right, like my see, husband. That's right. It's like details all of a sudden. Like it's, what are you talking about? But that's one of the things I love <laughs> about New York. The Olive Garden. We're yeah. gonna come. It's gonna be great. <laughs> it's it's that's what I love about this city is you get somebody's like just opens up. It's like a public access. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. My my, my husband <laughs> works in the area. <laughs> And so this is, I mean, it's an in-joke in the industry, which is, you know, you could just simply say my husband works in the area and everybody knows what you're talking about. So I don't know who she was or um, uh, whatever happened to her. Hopefully she actually went on for Sid Charisse at one point. Yeah, and my other thing about Grand Hotel, which I love, um, is I think it is, and we've talked to other couple of people who agree, who've said this as well. It was the best. Tony Awards performance, I think, in all in the history Michael of the Tony Jeter, Awards. Uh, we, I mean, how can I not talk about Michael Jeter at oh. the same time? I mean, like this is a, he, he won the Tony Award for this, and his speech is, I think, one of the greatest Tony Award speeches ever given, ever, yeah. ever, 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 ever. Um, and the the the, the, the will drink a glass. Oh my God, that's the, the, is, it's first it's of all stunning. a guy who's clearly we'll that as well. not a dancer, but dances like no one's watching. Stop the show. Just stop the show. The, the final, ver- I mean, the final chorus. It stops the show, and he does his little thing back and forth on the ballet. His exuberance, his enthusiasm, and you're right. That Tony speech is really sweet because it's, it's it talks a lot about addiction yes. and how he overcame addiction. Um, and an actor who would have had great things ahead of him, but he died very young. He died maybe six. Is that right? Six or so? About ten, fifteen years later, after Grand Hotel. That's sad. He had a. He was epileptic. He had a seizure, and and passed away of a seizure. Yeah. If you want to see more of Michael Jeter, there's a fabulous TV version of that play, The Boys Next Door, mm. about the developmentally delayed adults who live in a group home. Oh. It's him, Nathan Lane, Courtney B. Vance, and Robert Sean Leonard of the four that live in the home. Talk about good actors. It's, well, the acting on this is just so freaking incredible. It's ridiculous. But it's Michael Jeter, especially. A really brilliant performer that we lost way too wow. young. Yeah. Um, also, Jane Krakowski. gave Jane Krakowski Jane a, a nice Krakowski. big She's, I mean, spotlight. Yeah, she and she, I. Lillian Montevecchi, Karen oh, yes. Akers, Karen Akers, who does concerts still. Lillian Montevecchi Bless. still does concerts. Bless. Bless. Bless them all because they are. Yeah. No, it's a sensational cast. And it, and as was the one that we saw. I mean, it was Helen New York was Helen New York, Brandon Uranowitz, John Dawson. Um, who I didn't even recognize. No, he was good. Yeah. He was really good. But I, you know. Especially yeah. you had to sing that song. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that Raven song you mean? The crooked, the, the, one, the crooked, yes. the crooked path. <laughs> crooked, the That's crazy. a skip song. That's a skip song. That's a hashtag. Because it also song. comes out of nowhere. Yeah. You're just like, why? Like, what's he singing? He, he did makes a great one, job. Did a great job, but he makes one mention earlier on about a crow or a raven, and then no. like we're supposed to remember it. Now you gotta beat me over the head. I'm not the brightest bulb. Oh. <laughs> um. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Speaking of bright bulbs. Oh. My my favorite thing actually ties in perfectly with your favorite thing. Oh, does it? Um, I'd like to read something to you, if I may. Yes, please. I have to open my book, so so vamp for a second. Okay, vamp. Vamp. I'm excited. I have no idea what this is going to be. This is a book. Okay. He's got the book here, everybody. He's, uh, yeah. I'd like to read the first paragraph. Okay. I never had a grandfather. One was crushed in a coal mine collapse when mom was four, and the other, after another hopeless day on the farm, killed all his hired hands, shot grandma, and then himself. She lived. He died. So I was left with two grandmothers. One was a witch and one was a bitch. I loved the witch. What is that? This is the opening paragraph of Tommy Toon's autobiography called Footnotes. Are you kidding me? Which is my favorite thing this week. It's That's how it starts? Yes. <laughs> I thought it was like, I really honestly thought it was like a Charlie Adams or like a, like a, like a Adams family type thing. Or was that it's the, fir- it's yeah. uh, Charles Adams. Yeah. It's yeah. the first paragraph of Tommy Toon's autobiography, what? which is called footnotes, which was published in 1997. One of the cool things about the book, if you'll notice is it's tall and thin like Tommy Toon. Mm. Do you, we'll post a picture of this, yes. but it's, um, it's, it's brilliant marketing on their end. Um, but after Grand Hotel, I wanted to learn more about it. And I was like, where can I find some more information? And then I remembered, I bought this for $6 at a bargain bin somewhere. Um, and I don't even think people even remember that Tommy Toon wrote an autobiography. The best thing about being, like, being obsessed with a niche art form is that you can always get the books at the bargain bin. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, the cask albums are always cheap. I don't disagree you with know? you, sir. That's, it's that's... like the best thing that we love a niche art form. <laughs> it's it's very true. Um, one of the things that's really interesting about footnotes is it's much like Tommy Toon's work, nonlinear, thematic, and marches to the beat of its own drummer. Hmm, kind of like our podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, kind of <laughs> like our podcast. <laughs> sure. Um, the the book is when you read the book. There's a, mentions of a couple of the shows that he worked on, yeah. but they don't really go in depth. There's they, like no deep stories about like when we were in the ballroom for you know. No, I mean the ba- I mean Grand, Grand Hotel, Hotel I think takes up three pages. Oh, um, and John it's, Kenley. A couple of things about John Kenley. A couple of th- that's what the cool thing about the nine I think takes up like two pages. So what's it about? It's about his views on life. It's about the experiences that he's had, his life's philosophy. Um, but you're not really going to get a lot of new show information about it. I mean, if you're if you're voracious, like, oh, my God, I, I want to know about Grand Hotel. He tells us exactly what you just said, which is that it was tumultuous and they brought in Maury Yeston, da-da-da-da-da. Um, Will Rogers' Follies, all he says is that Adolph Green came up with a better title and they should have used that instead of Will Rogers' Follies. Call it the title that... Adolph Green suggested it was called Willamania, hmm. which I actually think is a better title. Hmm. You don't like it. It's Tommy okay. Toon didn't like it. I don't like it either. Um, he talks, interestingly enough, about Nine, which is that um, originally the musical was supposed to be very similar to the film Eight and a Half. And from in the film Eight and a Half, there's women and there is men. Mm. Um, and he couldn't find a car- He had auditions that day for somebody to play the producer. Which was a gentleman in the in the movie uh, in the musical called Auto, which is going to be a guy. And Lillian Montevecchi walked in for another audition, and he goes, "Oh my God, she's amazing! But where can we put her? Why don't I make her the producer?" 
and why don't they just all be women? So he credits Lillianne Montevecchi for inspiring him to do the all-female nine, which nobody wanted to do. Everyone was like, this is really weird. The nine? Yeah, like the whole creative team was like, no. Like, no, it is supposed to, no, this is weird. It should be women and men, just like in the movie. So everyone was like, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh. And then finally they were like, fine, for the workshop, we will try it. And then, of course, it's the brilliance of nine. But also, you get um, some really great things like, uh, I want to read to you, uh, because, you know, he, he couldn't spend a lot of time on nine and he couldn't spend a lot of time on uh, Will Rogers Follies because he used to uh, say, have these things in here. Hold on, hold on one second. <clears throat> Another reading by Rob Schneider. <clears throat> Andy Warhol and I used to do cum facials using our own, of course, not Liar. each other's. He had heard Mae West used to do it too. Of course, she couldn't use her own. She used what the muscle men in her club act produced for her. I wonder if it works better for somebody else's. I've always been a big fan of breasts, maybe because I was bottle-fed. Maybe I feel cheated, and that accounts for my obsession with tits. At some point, my taste broadened to include pecs, too, but not too many men like their pecs romanced, or at least I haven't found many. There have been some notable exceptions, though, and the hours I've spent breastfeeding in my adulthood on both sexes have been quite pleasurable. On men, they're called dunes. On women, they're called pillows. Either way, they make people from my planet go yum-yum and send us into ecstasy. Uh I'm picking my jaw up off the floor, also so. apologizing to my mom. Oh, my God. So I'm so sorry, but... Um, um, you, wait, he really goes there? Oh, and lots of stuff <laughs> he about... He goes uh, there. And lots of stuff about Twiggy. Well, because they were together. Oh, yeah. They and he were... talks a lot about Busker Alley and breaking his foot. And, yeah. and it's really so when you think about it, after Will Rogers Follies, there was supposed to be, if we remember Busker Alley, which was supposed to be his... Remember, yeah. there was a little marquee was even up on the oh, St. Yeah. James. They painted everything, like, yellow. Yeah. Um, Never happened. Uh, he broke his foot, and he, that's like the last thing he did. Right, because uh, he was at a great track record for a while there. You know, Grand Hotel, and uh, and because I'm, I'm trying to in my mind, I'm, I'm, I know that he did that Doctor Doolittle tour, but I'm that yeah. Bye Bye Birdie, and then you know with Anne Ryan. King but that's about like I'm like, what has he done? I mean, like, but when you look at, I mean, look at his work though. Look at the club. Yeah. Look at Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Look at Nine. Look at um, a Grand Hotel. The visual staging in those things the way he like you said in grand hotel the fact that he creates all these overlapping montages uh it's very much like the film director robert altman Mm. um it's brilliant yes it's absolutely brilliant so i'm hoping that he'll come back at some point and give us something as visually stunning um as what he's done in the past i just want to see more of his mark i want to see i'll take anything even if it's just him in a show like even if he's not directing or choreographing it he should be the wizard in Wicked. Oh I know he's God. very tall. He's That's not at all what the wizard really usually is. looks like, but that would be, I think That'd he'd be, be crazy wouldn't guys. he be great? Oh my God. Or maybe he could be the nice old man from Waitress. Don't take that away from Lewis Stadlin. <laughs> it's Lee Wilkoff. Will, Lee Wilkoff. Oh, Lee Wilkoff. So <laughs> Lewis is in line. Oh Lewis is Why waiting. Why would I say Lewis Stadlin? There's no way Lewis Stadlin would do that. <laughs> That'd be a very angry... <laughs> Please God. He literally just throws the pie on the floor. Oh um, um, you're right, though. We deserve to see more. Um, and I'm fascinated by that book now, and I want to read it. Because um, I, I, I like when people... Because sometimes you know that when people are writing their biography, they're kind of rewriting their history in a way yeah. so that we, it'll be the way they want us to see it. And and um, of course, there's that in this book. But I already I know that he's going to be brutally honest about things, it sounds like. <laughs> I mean, the book is absolutely fantastic. Once again, it's called Footnotes. It was published by Simon & Schuster in 1997. Um, it's a very... 
quick read. You can literally read it in a couple of hours. Um, and it's fabulous. And lots of pictures. Oh, yeah. And yeah. lots of great stories of about him, like too. I said, with Carol Channing and Mike Nichols oh, and yeah. Charles Honey Coles. It's really a fantastic book. And um, My first Broadway job, Dancing in the Course of a Musical Adventure of Sherlock Holmes called Baker Street. See? This is cool. My dressing roommate was Christopher Walken, who had gone on to huge success in Hollywood. People forget he was a terrific dancer first. Root talent. Yeah, you're right. All, even in that, he's talking about just... Yeah, that's wow. Sorry, I didn't. I just totally interrupted you. Did you? No, 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 no. It's it's a really fantastic book. I'm sure you can get it cheap on Amazon. So, oh, yeah. my my favorite thing this week is returning us to the roots of Tommy Tune in footnotes. Simon and Schuster, 1997. And we and we didn't even plan it this way, but mine is Tommy Tune's great musical Grand Hotel. Um, you should listen to it and look for it if you can ever see a production of it. People come, people, people go. go, people move chairs. Give me my morphine. Give me my, give me my morphine. <laughs> but more about the lobby of the Hotel Carter exactly. when we get back. <laughs> Quick little story, and then we'll head off the air. The Hotel Carter, which I frequently mention, is um, an actual hotel in New York City. Yeah. It is the worst rated hotel in New York City. And when I graduated from a college, my parents treated me to a trip to New York. Um, and that's the hotel they got me. Fun fact, uh, when I first moved to New York, my aunt and uncle from Alaska were coming to New York, and they said, Kevin, will you help us get a hotel? We don't want to spend a lot of money. So, And I said, okay, well, I can find something. So I looked up. It was the early days of the Internet, and I just found this hotel because yes, it was right in Times Square. Yep. Didn't matter that the E of Carter and the you know on top of the hotel was out for the last 10 years. Didn't matter. I thought, okay, this is a hotel. And they they didn't even spend the night. They lasted uh, like 20 minutes in the room, and they left and went to the, like another hotel down the street, Hampton or something like that because it was I think it's from the old like CD days I think it oh, goes yeah. back to like like I don't is it still open but the the entrance is on 43rd which is kind of like the backdoor street the back like door. nothing exists on 43rd and it, it, it to me it's a throwback to the days when you do not want to walk down 42nd and, street and there used to be a theater in the Hotel Carter are you serious yeah there used to be like an off-Broadway black box that was in the basement of the Hotel oh Carter um, and now it's, um, but it's, it's mm. the one thing that air, like, you know how, uh, it's air, Eagle too. It's where you, <laughs> do you know how Airbnb says, um, you're not allowed to rent in New York. You can't do Airbnbs yeah, in New York. Yeah. Airbnb always uses hotel Carter as their defense saying, um, if people aren't allowed to do Airbnb, they're going to have to stay at the hotel Carter. I'm not joking. That's what they use as it's their still defense. A biz- I can't believe it's say, still going. Yeah, because they say that, and then you're turning tourists and families over to, to that to that because it's so cheap and it's it's what you did. It's what's cheap oh. and it was in Times Square. Oh so, um, all right. So well, I'll see you at the Hotel Card, everybody. Bye. But not at the Grand Hotel. <laughs> Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.